0: Here's your conservative,
1: but not bitter host, Todd Hoff. Are you following the logic of the Biden administration on these mask mandates? Good luck if you want to try to do that, because it is absolutely anti-logical. We talk about anti-racist. They're anti-logical to the nth degree. Literally none of this stuff makes any sense whatsoever. Biden just announced... Um, a couple of days ago, actually the same day he announced that we should be able to make our own decisions on masks. His CDC, his, let's see, Department of Justice, through his CDC, all part of the Biden administration, the executive branch of our government. The very same day they told us that we should decide for ourselves whether or not we will wear masks, the administration decides to challenge the court ruling, to appeal the court ruling um, that was handed down a couple of days ago in Florida that said that the mask mandates on transportation is going to be, well, it's going to be stricken down. No longer, it's it's null and void, no longer in effect. They're going to challenge that. We'll follow this, but again, the, the, the logic of this is completely ridiculous. There is no logic to this. They are anti-logic anti-reality, anti-truth. It is a feelings-based ideology, a feelings-based worldview, and we're going to talk about this a little bit today. In other, not in particular, or not specifically related to mask mandates, instead we're going to talk about this as it pertains to uh, another issue that actually involves the intersection of many issues and we'll, we'll, um, we'll unpack it today. But before we do that, I want to mention email address where you can send your thoughts and your questions and your opinions and your feedback and any of those things that you would like to share with me as you listen to this program. Todd at com is that email. I welcome you to email me. I like hearing from you. As I've said before on this program, just make sure, make sure that you make the email count. As most of you do, by the way that that disclaimer or that little that little bit of information there at the end is really designed to target those point one percenters who, um, again they may they I'm guessing they follow the same logic that the Biden administration did um, pertaining to mask mandates. Anyway, so I want to start today. This is this is I guess a story to unpack in a way. Um, and it involves a lot of things that we've been talking about over the course of, of time. Um, some things as recently as this week or last week, some things you know throughout, they, they've come up multiple times. And it actually, I, I don't do this often. We normally are talking about things happening on the national stage, things happening in Washington, D.C., things happening that apply to everybody living in this country, no matter if you have a state that's friendly to liberty and that loves the Constitution, you know, on a local statewide level, or whether you live in the People's Republic of California or anything in between, uh, these issues, na- these are national issues. But sometimes, sometimes on the state level, these things, I mean, all these things uh, kind of converge, right? We And, and I think the reason is because we are living in a society today, we're living in a nation today that has two primary worldviews that at their core are diametrically opposed, they're antithetical to one another, these are opposite ends of the spectrum. You have one worldview, one that I embrace, one that respects and, and reveres the way that the, founders framed this country and as i've said hundreds of times before on this program that has that that is not i'm not talking about the issue of of slavery that was a mistake of our founders it was and uh, it was the i i don't want to get into the the details of this i just i want to get to the the issues that are pertinent to this particular discussion. But I people need to hear this. We're not we're talking about this nation being founded as a nation. You may have heard that. That was Echo in the studio, shaking her her head there, flapping her flopping her ears. Studio, studio dog. Normally lays there completely silent, but I think you may have heard that if you paid close attention. But when I talk about what I love about this country and and the reverence I have for the founders and how they framed this country, I talk about the the idea that human beings, all people, all people are created with rights that are granted them from God and that people are not subjects, they are citizens. We are all capable of tremendous things. We have divine inspiration in our fingerprints. It, it, it is oozing out of us. We are all created with these just, I, I think, sometimes untapped and unrealized potential, simply by being, I say simply as though it's no big deal. I don't mean it in that sense, but, but, but only because we are a reflection of our creator who is all-powerful, all-knowing, just you know, God. He is a super, all powerful, um, love be, uh, being of love and justice, and and just we're a reflection of that, and it and it shows. And our founders said, we're not going to create a government that tells the people how to live their lives. In fact, we're going to create the opposite. We're gonna we're gonna let the people. We're gonna make this government be of buying for the people, and the founders did not fully realize their vision because of their position on on slavery. And there's a whole bunch to this, and and you know there were folks against this, and we know that Washington, um, in his will, freed all of his his slaves. I mean, there's there's an evolution for for some of the founders, some were against it, some some were in favor of it, but over time, the nation was able to fix that and get it right. And I don't want to get, I don't want to focus on that. But I do. I know people need to hear that. And I'm not talking about that when I talk about the reverence I have for this country. I am talking about these principles and ideas that were. I mean, candidly, the United States of America was the uh, the trailblazer on these particular issues, these concepts, these ideas, these. These things that unleashed the creative power and the ingenuity and all of these blessings and benefits that we see happening in our culture and society that came from this very fundamental, uh, fundamentally simple, really, idea, but profound because of its, of its ramifications. It's rooted in truth. And so I have that just profound respect for the founders, If they followed in the footsteps of most countries that, or most leaders who want a revolution, they would have put themselves in power. They would have subjected the people to their authority, to their whims, to their wishes, to their edicts, to their decrees, just like all the other folks throughout history more or less have done. But they didn't do it. Spectacular, spectacular stuff. So I adhere to this this worldview. I have the worldview that says. Our rights come from God. Our government, our, our founders recognized some of these truths and they, they realized that government is a necessary evil and it should be limited in scope and power. And they did everything they could to frame something that protected the individual while also creating a government that could do the legitimate things it needed to do, but not, not, uh, not anything more, nothing more than that. That's worldview number one. Worldview number two, worldview number two, which is led by the godless radical left. They believe that we came from nothing in many cases, um, that there was something which either created itself or is eternal or something that was not relying upon God that you know, spontaneously came into harmony and created life on planet Earth. And there's no... There's no higher being that we need to you know thank for our rights and liberties in their minds. in fact they think that rights come from government in fact, they think the problems on planet Earth start with start with freedom and people good things they believe they're wrong on all this good things they believe in fact, I don't even know that they would call them good because they don't have a standard by which they can even judge morality because they don't have a a standard bearer of morality because they don't believe in a creator so they just have this list of things that can apparently change apparently change based upon their whims and wishes and so forth personal preferences no absolute truth except the absolute truth that government should be in control of as much of your life as necessary government is the great creator of fairness government has to step in i don't believe any of this i want to make sure in case someone grabs a sound a clip of this so I insert those words every once in a while to make sure that you know I'm not saying them based upon my belief, but rather to describe to you what we're up against. And you know, from these, from this worldview, from these different worldviews, you can see the difference. You can see why one group, why one group is much more likely to be pro-abortion or you know pro-choice, and another group believing that life comes from Almighty God and that it's sacred. Is more likely to be pro-life, and you can you can almost see this played out. But it's it's just important to note that the worldview of the radical left is anti-constitutional. It's anti-founder. It has nothing to do with how this nation was founded or you know the way that it was built. In fact, when they put their hand up, and if they, they don't they don't probably put their hand on a Bible because um, they don't like. To do that they might uh who knows what they do but they put their hand up and solemnly swear to defend the constitution i mean by virtue of their worldview and ideology they they don't like it they hate it they believe america is the problem and it, they want you to believe that anyway but i think deep down deep down the truth of life makes itself known in those quiet moments it's, it's unavoidable right? I mean, the Bible even talks about this. I've mentioned this. So that men are without excuse. So that people, I don't mean that in a gender-specific way, so that mankind, humanity, people are without excuse. Some of these things are self-evident in our, in our universe, and they know. They know that they are choosing things that are antithetical to right and wrong, but they don't like the idea that there is a right and wrong. They don't like the idea that they're accountable, that they're accountable to um, to some moral code. Heaven forbid they're accountable to some sort of a creator. They don't like that. They like to be the gods of their own uh, universe. And we all have free will, by the way. I'm just telling you, this is the 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 core of the ideologies. They're that distinctly different from one another, and they're pulling an opposite directions. And so worldview feeds culture and culture shapes politics. And so we talk about politics and we talk about culture, and those are important things to get our hands around, but really it's the worldview. It's how people think about the basic questions of life that's going to shape how they think we should live in a culture and what the government should do related to those uh, to those things in our lives. And so if you don't believe in a creator, if you believe that your rights are only there because someone in government said, I'm going to okay that, if you believe that there are no absolutes, there are no truths, there, aren't, there is no right or wrong, that is, <laughs> I mean, a major problem. It's also a problem if you the, the things that you believe are true are actually false or lies or not based upon light and the foundation of, of truth, but rather upon the sandy, shifty, illogical positions of lies and those sorts of things. So we have this fi- this this clash happening in our culture, and we would be I would be remiss if I did not. At least mention that at the core of this at the core of this and we're coming off of Easter weekend last week but there's there's a um if I haven't explicitly stated this yet there's also there, there's a this is rooted in our our spiritual lives our spiritual condition as well and there have been moments in history where this nation um, experienced great revival in the Christian sense. We're, we're really looking at it on that that level. I mean, we we need to see people embrace truth. We need to see more people um you know accept say some of the, the timeless truths that you'll find in the Bible. And I don't make this I don't want to make this a sermon this morning. I, I don't because I want to get into this this issue. I'm not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying that's not, I want to make sure you know I'm staying on, on track with this. So that's that's the basis for this. So I want to take this conversation to the state of Michigan. The state of Michigan, just a little bit north of where we are in the Hoosier State. Well, that's home base for us right now. That's where we are right now. We're, we're back home from the initial uh, start of the truth tour. So I'm going to read a headline here, AmericanWireNews.com. Woke. Michigan Democrat accused of being a groomer fires off angry rant over, quote, hateful nonsense. So there there's a battle happening in the Senate, as there is across the country. We've seen this in Florida. We've seen this in other states that have introduced uh, certain legislation that has to deal with things like uh, transgender students in women's sports for example or critical race theory being taught in schools and a lot of these social things a lot of these woke experiments that are being i think forced upon students or people believe that they're being uh forced upon students without parental consent that's another another term that you hear in these battles and discussions that we're having again one worldview believes <laughs> believes that children are a gift of God and that parents are responsible for children until they become of age. The other worldview says, "No, no, no! These parents are the par- are the problem. These parents are the ones who are teaching kids certain things about gender that we don't think are true, and we believe it's the job of educators, woke educators, to fix the problem. So we're going to talk to your." third grader, kindergartner, whatever, about personal pronouns and body parts and all sorts of stuff, even against the wishes of the family. In fact, they will in some cases, you've heard them do this, and I've got to take a break, but you've heard them come out and actually without any reservation or hesitation, they say parents should not have a say in school curriculum. Folks, parents and taxpayers absolutely should have a say in public, public school curriculum. I mean, this doesn't get any more fundamentally basic than this. But again, when you have two diametrically opposed worldviews and one of those worldviews, that of the radical left, they have no respect or no understanding in many cases, not always, but in many cases, I would say hardly ever any respect Oftentimes, no understanding about the way that things are even structured to work, the way the founders structured things to work, because they hate the founders so much they don't even want to think about how things were supposed to work. Because in their minds, the founders are nothing but absolutely disgusting, evil, vile people, not people who crafted the greatest government on the history in the history of the world, which they did. So, the battle is set. In the Senate in Michigan, and it's set around the country as well. no, no matter where you're listening to my voice, but I want to, I want to play this speech um, where one Michigan Democratic senator goes after another Republican, and I want to talk about the things she, she she touches on so much that I want to, I want to discuss it. I think it is, I think it is worth understanding. I think it is worth hearing. I think it is worth going through, and it illustrates some of my points about the diametrically opposed worldviews that we have. Now, there's a lot of people in the middle of these worldviews, by the way. When you hear me talk about persuading people, I'm talking about persuading people who are in the middle of those. Actually, they're probably more towards the conservative worldview, constitutional conservative worldview. Um, But the radical left, those who embrace that worldview that I laid out a little bit earlier— these folks, I mean, they are in most usual, in most basic settings are not the least bit open to being persuaded towards truth. They almost need, I mean, th- there's a lot of work. They have to come to basic, they, they have to fundamentally change a lot of their core beliefs to even begin to take a step in the direction of truth. So we're going to break some of this down. I want to play this this speech and I want to share with you some of my thoughts and retorts to some of this nonsense really long in this segment, my friends. Next segment's going to be short, and I do apologize for that. But quick timeout. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. <laughs> back my friends so i was really long-winded in that first segment so i'm gonna really have to pull it back in here this segment but i do want to get started on this because i i think that this is this this battle is happening across the country and it's also happening of course in washington dc so there's a senator in the state of michigan she's a democrat her name is mallory mcmorrow and she has a, I guess you could say a, a tiff with Senator Lana or Lena, I don't know, L-A-N-A, Theis, T-H-E-I-S, Republican. Um, and this has been brewing for some time. This, this <laughs> the, all of the, the woke issues of the day um, are really, I guess, the, the starting point for this disagreement and the way that they're, (laughs) I guess, dealing with each other. Um, But Senator Theus, the Republican and Senator McMorrow, the Democrat had been kind of going back and forth at one another. um, Predominantly in the most recent situation here over the issue of, Basically, that piece of legislation, something similar to that, that was happening, that that DeSantis signed in Florida, um, which they, which Republicans are saying is a grooming bill or an anti-grooming bill, I guess. And the left gets upset at this. They call it the don't say gay bill. So there's the battle to frame the argument and to make it about what you think, you know, well. I guess in a purist sense, you would think framing it to properly discuss and debate it from a, um, you know, from a, being a critic, a critical sense, you would say, uh, to frame it so that you can have political advantage from this. So, recently, the Republican senator, Theus, had been offering the prayer, the prayer, by the way, which... Who would have thought? I thought, I thought we weren't supposed to have these things. And I'm not arguing against it, by the way. I'm just, for those who say um, that the founders wanted no influence or prayer and those sorts of things in government. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, just go to the Supreme Court, by the way, and see Moses chiseled in all all that stuff. But anyway, there was a prayer before this session. And in the prayer, the Republican Senator Theus says this, Dear Lord, Across the country, we're seeing in the news that our children are under attack, that there are forces that desire things for them other than what their parents would have them see and hear and know. Dear Lord, I pray for your guidance in this chamber to protect the most vulnerable among us. This upsets Senator McMorrow, the Democrat, and she's basically saying that this prayer... And this approach, this way of framing the issue is closed-minded, it's harmful, it's hurtful, it's dangerous, it's hateful, those sorts of things. Um, and she doesn't like, she thinks it's, it's you're praying for something that you're, you know, you're trying to make political hay out of. I'm just trying to frame it fairly so that when we get to this next part, which is going to be listening to her speech, you can see you have a, a starting point for understanding where all the tension and, and you know, I don't know, tumult, I guess, originated here. So, the prayer, and I'm looking here again in this article, AmericanWireNews.com. It seems as though that the prayer was talking about attempts uh, by some in schools to uh, teach children about things in you know, with, with CRT and some of this transgender stuff. And the Republican, Republican theist says, protect our kids from being subjected to those things. The Democrat, McMorrow, who we're going to find out in her speech here, that we're going to get to next segment, is, um, she professes to be a, a Christian. She's a, a Catholic, I think, is specifically, um, you know, she, she's Catholic by faith. And, she's this rubs her the wrong way, right you're you're praying for something that you're saying is against the will of God and this is something that she would say I defend or I stand up for, but you're misrepresenting what I stand up for what I believe in this is not this is not contrary to my faith. In fact, I actually think that what this is again her the Democrats' perspective here, Senator McMarrow this is what my faith actually commands me to do. And so I want to talk about this because you know why I want to talk about this the most? i got to take a break. But I want to talk about this the most because this is kind of the starting point of our truth tour. I think that one of the things that I hope to at least have some influence or uh, ability to, to bring to the attention of people who are, who are within the church, the Big C Church? I think it's important to to note. I don't think the church should be involved in quote politics, but what I do, I do think the church should be involved in in discussing the culture and discuss. I mean, this is what the prophets. I mean, this is done throughout history. The prophets and uh, you know these folks that God used they they went and spoke out against certain things that were happening. Uh, in a culture at a given time, you know, and and articulating biblical, God, you know, God's principles for these things. So I don't think churches should be involved in, quote, politics, but I think politics has hijacked a lot of the things that the church and Christians should not be afraid to speak up about. And we've been, I say we, collectively, I don't even, you know, mean you, the Big C Church has been tricked into saying, we don't want to talk about politics, but oh, by the way, everything's politics, right? You've heard me say this on the show. Everything's political, what you eat, what you drink, what you drive, what you wear, what you wear on your shirt, what whether you subscribe to Netflix, go to Disney. Everything's political now. And that's unavoidable when you have this diametrically opposed, these two diametrically opposed worldviews that are clashing with each other in the culture and, of course, in the political sphere. And so the church had better wake up. And, and insert itself in these discussions, realizing that not everything is technically politics. They should leave politics to politics. But where the Bible speaks or where Christian principles are you know, uh, actually where the Bible speaks on an issue, the Christian faith, the church should not be afraid to do that, even if it sides, With one political party or not. It's not because of political reasons, it's because it's what the Bible says. And we have been so hoodwinked into silencing ourselves and relegating ourselves to the back corner of the room sometimes that it's sickening to me. Anyway, she brings it up. I want to talk about it. We'll play her soundbite with some of my commentary after the break. Sit tight, be back here in just a minute. All right, my friends. I want to get right to this because she's she speaks here for a few minutes. This is, again is the Democrat Democrat that is speaking before the Senate in Michigan. Senator McMarro, I want you to listen to her speech here. We're going to stop this in parts. I don't know. I might play most of it and then talk, but I want to get as much of this in as possible.
0: Thank you, Mr. President. I didn't expect to wake up yesterday to the news that the senator from the 22nd district had overnight accused me by name of grooming and sexualizing children in an email fundraising for herself.
1: Now, pause. I didn't mention this part. I laid the groundwork before this. But in addition to the other conflicts they had, there was an email that went out um, from Senator Theus, the Republican, um, that, well, characterized or disparaged, depending upon your viewpoint, um, this particular senator, because of how the bill, these bills that are, um, well, Republicans would say that are trying to prevent grooming from happening and uh, students from being exposed to discussions that their parents aren't ready for them to be exposed to because they're too young Democrats would say it's the don't say gay bill or whatever so there was an email that went out and in that email she basically um, (laughs) either directly or indirectly called Senator McMorrow uh, a groomer of sorts because of how the bill was being framed so here's I'll let her continue here
0: So I sat on it for a while wondering, why me? And then I realized, because I am the biggest threat to your hollow, hateful scheme. Because you can't claim that you are targeting marginalized kids in the name of, quote, parental rights, if another parent is standing up to say no.
1: I mean, that's not necessarily an ironclad argument. Apparently, if there's one parent who disagrees with the assessment, according to Senator McMorrow here, that um in order to protect children from these these things being taught to them or being that they're being exposed to in schools, this gender stuff or sexual stuff or whatever, if one parent stands up in disagreement with that uh, that that you know saying we shouldn't have those discussions that therefore um that silences the argument, doesn't seem to be very logically sound to me, but she's she's ticked here. She's ticked here. And as she speaks more, you're going to hear why. So then what? Then you
0: dehumanize and marginalize me. You say that I'm one of them. You say she's a groomer. She supports pedophilia. She wants children to believe that they were responsible for slavery and to feel bad about themselves because
1: they're white. Okay, pause. So she hit on a lot of issues there, right? She hits on the issues of critical race theory. She hit on the issue of the transgender stuff. Um, and again she's developing what is technically known as a straw man argument because what she's going to do is she's going to argue against something that really isn't the correct way of characterizing the opponent's uh, philosophical argument here because these Say critical race theory for example. critical race theory literally does teach. It literally does teach that what may, if, if you're a black student, first and foremost, we've interviewed, uh, we've had guests on here that have that are experts in this. They've explained that in public schools, if critical race theory is being taught, the only thing that matters, the first thing that matters and really the only thing is the, is the student's race. And there's almost, um, you know, this, this, well, there is this teaching that says if you're white, you're racist by nature. And if you're black, apparently you can't even be racist. These things are bizarre to people who have sense. This is not how the world works. We know this. And so when the bill is characterized like this, when someone says, when someone says you want someone to feel bad for their whiteness, the reason, that they say that is because of what I just said. Now, she doesn't like that allegation. What she wants to say is, you wouldn't know about slavery, which I don't know if she said it yet or not, but she gets to this. We wouldn't know about slavery if it wasn't for critical race theory. Is she kidding me? Folks, Did you were you subjected to critical race theory? I graduated in 1996. Didn't even know of anything called critical race theory back in those days. Didn't care about that. Well, I did a little bit. I did more than most students, but I had other priorities, of course, back then. I knew about slavery. These these arguments are so ridiculous and just asinine and silly, but this this is how they want to reframe the argument. And what's fueling this at its core is also the political realization of what's coming of what's coming in November in this country. Do not overlook that reality for one moment. I'm going to play a little bit more of this and take a time out, but this is, I want to continue to let you hear what she says here.
0: Well, here's a little bit of background about who I really am. Growing up my family was very active in our church I sang in the choir My mom taught CCD One day our priest called a meeting with my mom And told her that she was not living up to the church's expectations And that she was disappointing My mom asked why Among other reasons She was told it was because she was divorced well, And because reasons. the priest didn't see her at mass every Sunday So where was my mom on Sundays? She was at the soup kitchen With me My mom taught me at a very young age That Christianity her, but... and faith was about being part part of a community about recognizing our privilege and blessings and doing what we can to be of service to
1: others. Uh- now that's not you know as as a as a Christian that that's the, these things are important. Service is is important, but Christianity is about a very simple uh, it, it is much more basic than this. Christianity is about the reality that we were created in the image of God. We broke that relationship through sin and Jesus came to fix it. That's what Christianity is about. Absolutely, absolutely we are supposed to have as believers the fruit of the spirit. And these this you know, God living through us or following you know, his will and listening to his instruction would lead us to do things that are good for the community. That 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 does lead us to serve. That's absolutely true. But Christianity is not is just about service either that's not what that is i would maintain that that is mischaracterizing or oversimplifying or taking out even a core the core tenet which i laid out at the beginning which is the fact that jesus came to earth lived died on the cross and was resurrected we just celebrated that this past weekend that's what christianity is about and he says to come to him and for us to repent oh now there's something else this, That's a whole other thing, because Christianity isn't just about saying you're fine just as you are. God loves you as you are, but we, when we accept Him, are to turn from the things we do that displease Him. And ooh, now we're getting into a subject matter that would maybe step on some toes of people who just want to talk about Christianity as though it's about how many service hours you've done or some such thing. I just, I have to take a break here. I could talk about this for hours, but I'm just... I'm out of time. Quick time out. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. I, I welcome this discussion. This to me has it's pushed into the main the mainstream here, issues that are critically important in our political well ideologies, discourse, and worldview. And it is important to understand that she gets into... We're about a third of the way through. In fact, as I was sitting here, of what she had to say, she had about four, I don't know, four minutes and 40 seconds or something. Um, I'm thinking, depending upon what happens in the news between right now and tomorrow, I am thinking we might um, continue this discussion because there's actually other things that come from this. I have a lot of stuff pulled up here. I knew I wouldn't get to all of it. I... Thought we could get a little bit further than this, but um, anyway, you should know that I sometimes have some things to say about it. So it took. I, I just. I feel like this is an important thing, um, and they're they're mad. She's mad. She's seething mad because now we've now there's insinuations about someone's faith, and and look, these discussions are going to necessarily you know start stepping on on toes. But if the pursuit of truth is our objective, I mean, we gotta, we gotta put on our big boy pants and our big girl pants and, and deal with these things. Um, but I think the more she speaks and the more we break this down, the more ho- the more holes that we'll find in the worldview of the radical left today. It's hanging by a thread. They feel exposed. They feel vulnerable. They feel like they're about to get shellacked, and then. And barring something incredible happening, they will get shellacked um, come November. So I'm going to prepare as though this is going to be a two-part show, which we don't really do, but I, I think it's important enough to get to. We'll talk more about this tomorrow. Quick timeout. Come back and wrap up for the day. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. asking me, my friends, this: these discussions, these discussions that expose some of the radical left's thinking, exposes some of the fallacies of their position, exposes some of their, uh, well, just the way that they misrepresent what the issues of the day are. These bills, the, the bill in Florida, for example, is not designed to harm people who have questions about gender identity it's pro- it's to protect children young children from being exposed to conversations about those things to so having ideas and thoughts that they can't even begin to wrap their little minds around so i welcome this discussion we're going to probably return to this tomorrow gotta go now sdg tomorrow. take care